Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. On this final Easter weekday, before we get to tomorrow's celebration of Pentecost, the church gives us in the scriptures the conclusion to the Gospel of John and the conclusion to the Acts of the Apostles. And as I'm thinking about Peter and Paul and their proclamation, their preaching, their laying out for all those who heard them preach a vision of reality, a proclamation of what it is that God has done for us in the person of his son, Jesus, I want to share with you yet one last excerpt from this book that I've been reading from off and on over the last 10 days or so, um, from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, because it's in many ways a fitting conclusion to this season of Easter and a sending forth into mission territory, which is our lives as disciples of Jesus. So I could easily picture St. Paul or St. Peter writing or preaching these words. So this is again from this book. In coming to help and save humanity, God did not just intervene from outside. He conferred on us the high dignity of becoming one of us. He arranged matters such that a human might have the honor of conquering the enemies of humanity. He then established a society in the midst of a darkened world, a kind of colony of heaven that he inhabits and with which he clothes himself. And he gave to all who followed his lead a share in his own life, along with great responsibilities and notable powers to continue the work of saving and healing the human race. The fortunes of that society and the ongoing story of God bringing humans from slavery to divinity is the central drama of humanity, compared with which the rise and fall of whole nations and civilizations is of no lasting importance. The current structure of the visible world will come to an end completely. The invisible world, of which each of us is part, will last forever. We are creatures on trial, given the opportunity by God's mercy to work out our salvation individually and communally in fear and trembling, as St. Paul said. Our great task, the whole of our existence here, is to find and embrace our true destiny and to help others do the same by receiving and embracing the offer of mercy made to us. There are two and only two possible destinations for each human. To gain the life intended for us as members of a renewed humanity offered to us through the God-made man, or to turn obstinately from that life and end in immortal failure. For each human, both are real possibilities. 
and there's no evading the choice. We must seize either the one or the other. Because we are not yet where we belong, not geographically and not in terms of our final creation, it follows that we cannot be fully happy during this life. We are creatures undergoing a testing of heart, awaiting our true home. When this visible world comes to an end and all is recreated, an event that may occur at any time, there will be a final assessment of the whole human race. All stories will be told truly, all secrets brought to light, all lies melted away. Christ will then determine who has responded to the free gift of forgiveness and so has been found worthy to enter life, to enjoy the kingdom of light and immortality. For those found worthy, all their piercing longings for perfection, for communion and love, for justice, for fulfillment, for beauty and goodness will be triumphantly satisfied in a dance of joy and communion, and they will experience what they were created for. This very brief time that we are given to live on earth is at once thus both immensely significant and of little importance, unimportant in itself and significant in what it prepares us for. Christians hold matters of this world lightly and at the same time take them very seriously. They're not impressed by the scramble for money, fame, power, and pleasure so characteristic of our fallen race, knowing that such things have no ultimate significance. But they realize that in dealing with even the smallest details of life, they are working out an eternal destiny. They fight the darkness within themselves and embrace the life of love laid out for them by Christ, delighting and conforming their wills to his, knowing that obedience to him does not limit them or impede their self-development, but rather brings them to their true selves, to freedom and fulfillment. They live as exiles in hope and hard fighting, waiting for the final triumph of God, full of gratitude for what they've been given, full of hope for all they've been promised, full of love, originating in Christ toward others who need to hear the good news of a merciful and forgiving and gift giving God. They live in the visible world with the invisible always in view. They inhabit time in the constant recognition that they hover at the edge of eternity. They live in lowly disguise while waiting to be clothed with strength and immortality. They rise by falling and ascend the height of divinity by recognizing and repenting of their sins and willingly taking the lowest place with Christ. They fire their minds with the lives of the saints, those champions of faith in whom Christ and the new life he brings have been most influential. They battle for goodness and truth in order to gain a kingdom. A life like this, characterized by the love of God and of others, lived as a member of the new humanity, no matter how much troubled by suffering, no matter how obscure or difficult or filled with seeming failure, is a triumphant success that will end in a crown of blessedness and beauty. A life of great material success, fame, and achievement, but without love, is a dismal failure that will end in darkness and eternal decay. 
as we prepare now to celebrate tomorrow the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who hovered over the void at the beginning of creation, who brought order into the world, the Spirit who transformed the lives of the apostles from cowards to courageous and charitable men who proclaimed the gospel, not only in word but in deed, the Spirit who brings dead things back to life. Let's pray for one another that he will fill us with divine life anew, that he will help us to recognize the momentousness of every single decision that we make, of every day that God gives us to live, that we'll go forth into the world that's gradually opening up again with great confidence, with great joy, with great certainty in the power of the gospel, that he'll use us as heralds of what God has done for us in his son Jesus, that somehow, in a way that only God could enable to happen, people will see him in us, broken, sinful, fallen as we are, that we'll be able to point them to him, who alone can end the nightmare that is life apart from God. Let's ask the Spirit to help us understand that we're not alive right now by chance. God created you for this moment in history. And there's work for you and for me to do. Let's pray that we'll do that well. And remember, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. 